Welcome to Speak in Mark. Shut up and sit down. Alright, welcome to the show. I am your host with the most named Pot Roast. Pot Roast. And along with me is my co-host with slightly less than the most. Chili con carne. Chili con carne. Alright, so we are the hosts of this lovely show called uh, Speaking Mark. And uh, this is a wrestling-based podcast, but do not fear, do not limit yourself to that criteria alone. Because don't you we dare will be, be sour. Don't you dare be sour. We will be talking about other things at other times, uh, maybe, uh, maybe not. But primarily, this is going to be a professional wrestling-based podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about something that has blown wrestling headlines recently. Not given it head, but, you know, blown them up. Uh, which is uh, something that happened in the WWE, the brand split, split, or as they're calling it, the brand extension. The banana extension. The banana extension. Uh, Smackdown Live and uh, Monday Night Raw, vaguely similar to the original logo back in 93, but whatever. Um, Love and Marvel. Love and Marvel. Isn't that copyrighted? I think Bradshaw copyrighted that? I don't know. I'm sure he didn't. Whatever. Uh, Bradshaw, please don't sue us. We love you, man. I do. Um, <laughs> barn. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about the brand extension, brand split, whatever you'd like to call it. And uh, despite the fact that I was actually an advocate to kill the brand extension. Why? Kill uh, SmackDown and Raw having separate rosters back around 2011. I uh, loved it. I'm very excited because SmackDown was the B show. That's why it was literally the B show. It was afterwards too. Huh? It was that. It was afterwards as well. What do you mean? Even this after everything was back together as one brand. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, but there were certain reasons that you would watch SmackDown regardless. Like when Jericho made an appearance on SmackDown, or like there was, you know, whatever social outcasts were on SmackDown or something. I mean, they were on both shows, so there was no need to even watch. Yeah, but there were certain things that were held on SmackDown. Listen, fuck off, okay? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the brand extension, brand split, we're uh, very excited uh, about it. Uh, first of all, uh, Chile, why don't you start off by giving some of your thoughts on the, uh, the the WWE draft that took place last week? I felt that Raw got all the best people, mm-hmm. at least the majority. Why? Uh, I mean, look at the roster. They got freaking. <laughs> they got Brock. They got Seth. They got Roman. They got Sammy. They got Kevin. Finn. They got Finn. They have New Day. Yeah, my wifey. Sasha Banks. And um. Uh, <laughs> you're funny. Huh? The ratchet. I mean, SmackDown. If you look at it, the roster's not that bad. I mean, they have their. Quote unquote grizzled vets. They have the Stinas, they have the Birdies. Uh, did did Sheamus get drafted to SmackDown? No, he's on Raw. He's on Raw, okay. So and Birdie. I just feel like SmackDown has more work to do. SmackDown? Like, Raw has already the, the, the head start. Raw has the established guys. SmackDown has the guys who are going to be established, basically. SmackDown's got, you know, American Alpha, Corbin, Apollo, um, Ziggler. Mind blowing, by the way. Um, Ziggler, who's been an underrated talent for so long. Uh, they've got your established guys. You know, they've got 
AJ Styles, they got John Cena, they've got Birdie, uh, Kalisto, who's I believe he's is going to be things. like a he's gonna, he's doing his lucha thing, yeah. <laughs> God damn it! And uh, you know I think he they're really trying to build him up to be the next Rey Mysterio. That's why he's on the brand by himself. He's not in the cruiserweight division, which I'm uh, surprised. At one point or another, I'm sure he's going to contend for the IC title with Miz. Uh, or whoever's the champ at that time. They've got the guy at the moment, the dude, Dean Ambrose, WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, they're calling it the WWE World Heavyweight Championship again. This is not the Universal Championship. They went through the brief period, you remember, like right before Battleground, where they were just calling it oh, the yeah. WWE Championship? I mean, when they were doing that, I thought it was going to be like... Yeah, the they were going to bring back the big the gold big, yeah. belt. Yeah, they were going to bring back the big gold belt and call it the World Heavyweight, but... Uh, Man, oh man, did Mick and Stephanie do something? Fuck up. Uh, yeah, do something about that, cause that announcement was just horrid. <laughs> We're gonna call it the WWE Universal Championship. That sounds like something straight out of SmackDown versus Raw. Was it? Was it SmackDown versus Raw 2010? Yeah, I think so. I think so. The one with uh, Cena as the front guy on the cover, I think. Um, for those of you that know what we're talking about, I'm sure you're going to know what I'm alluding to. The Champion of Champions Championship, CCC. Um, that just, it looked like a pretty cool belt, but the name was just awful. I think that was the same um, thing that had the United Kingdom with McIntyre, Sheamus, and Barrett. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Stable, the the, the, uh, stable they the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom, yeah, that's right. Uh, so what are your thoughts on um, what happened this past Monday and Tuesday on the the uh, first Raw, the new era, first SmackDown of New York, following what transpired at Battleground, you know, mock, uh, Dean Ambrose uh, retaining, um, you know, uh, whatever else happened. <laughs> uh, both, uh, I think both mid-card champions retained as well. Uh, Darren Young was not made great. Yes, he was. Uh, yeah, Darren Young's theme song is popping, bro. I it's don't care poppin', what anyone bro. says. It's it is popping. It's legit. His theme song is pretty legit. But yeah, give your thoughts on what happened on SmackDown and Raw. What do you think? I mean, Raw knocked it out of the park. Why is that? I mean, they. they... It's my beautiful drawing. Um. <laughs> Basically, Raw, they they did everything right. Basically, mm -hmm. all the champions, like... Uh, Universal Championship, really? I mean, everything. aside from that. Everything is right. Uh, I mean, at least they have a new heavyweight title. Because it obviously was going to be needed. They have Finn, which I was surprised that Finn was going <sighs> to become number one contender. I was expecting Roman. I was... Here's what I was expecting. What I was expecting what pretty much everyone that's listening was expecting. I figured Finn would win. Uh, I knew Roman would win, and when it came down to it, uh, I figured they would give Finn a decent match, and then Roman would bury him at the end. Mm -hmm. And when Finn hit the sling blade, and then the, the drop kick, friggin' coup de grace, got the three count, I literally was about to, like, I was ecstatic. I was like, what just happened? And I remember we, we just exchanged looks, and we were like, Roman just got buried. We love you, Vince. We love you. And uh, I was really expecting Roman to turn heel, but, you know, he cut his little 
um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the guy promo, babyface promo on man. I really hope he beats Seth or whatever he said. Yeah, I really hope he beats Seth at SummerSlam. You know, he's after a, that, I'm gonna kick his ass. For he's some a shit. tough kid. He's a tough kid. Whatever he said. Um, disappointed Roman didn't turn, uh, but you know, overall, Raw. I agree with you. Made some really, really, you know, groundbreaking moves. They introduced a new heavyweight title. They uh, had club feud with New Day right Basically off the bat. they had a pay-per-view like show. Yeah, they had club feud with New Day right off the bat. Uh, Enzo and Cass, for some reason, are feuding with the Shining Stars. I'll never understand. I don't think why. they are. I think it's. Um, didn't someone else come out? Who? who? No. Yeah, after. Um... It was New Day Shining Stars, and then someone, another tag team New showed Day up. And Shining Stars. It was Enzo and Cass and the Shining Stars. I mean, so yeah, Enzo and Cass, Shining Stars, and then another tag team showed up. No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. No. Yes. Let us know. I'm uh, sure in the comments section, review section, whatever this goes up on, if uh, something happened following Raw, because I have short term memory loss, supposedly, and I can't you do. remember. Um, yeah, I believe Raw made some fantastic moves. Uh, Sasha Banks, my baby girl, mm-hmm. became women's champion, which was fantastic after a great, great match with uh, Charlotte. Uh, they're going to have probably a rubber match at SummerSlam. It's going to be fantastic. I'm very excited for that. Um, what are your thoughts on SmackDown? And what happened on SmackDown? Oh, and your boy Machka looks strong. Machka. Machka! He didn't look strong. He got pinned by Finn. No, but he looks strong in the match. Oh, in the match, yes. He looks strong, yeah. Gotta make Machka look strong. We gotta make Machka great again. <clears throat> what do you think about SmackDown? SmackDown was... I mean, it didn't live up to the Raw's, you know... I thought it did well. But it did actually. well. I didn't say it didn't. It just didn't live up to Raw. I but mean, that they doesn't had mean... quite a few shocking moments that Raw didn't have, in my opinion. Like what? Other than Dolph? Okay, Dolph being one, <laughs> two, uh, Heath Slater's amazing promo, yeah, and Rhino, and three, which I think you obviously forgot, Shelton Benjamin, yeah, yeah. Um, they had, that's what I'm saying. I feel like they're doing it. They're they're getting there. Like they're doing it all slowly. Oh yeah, as of where course. Raw blew their load on the first episode. Yeah, and where I'm afraid now that next episode of Raw is gonna be like, what do you do now? Well, that's the thing. I feel like Raw can build on what they did. You know, this time, because obviously now for the next three weeks, it's going to be the showdown between Finn Balor and Seth. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to be cutting promos on each other or whatever, and uh, Seth's going to probably work as a heel. Finn's going to be the babyface. Um, I was, I must say, I was shocked uh, that Dolph Ziggler got named number one contender. I'm super excited. If anyone's deserving of a contender spot, it's definitely him. He's been jobbing yeah. for the last, like, five, six years. And, uh, you know, he should. He's earned it. Uh, I was surprised, though, because it's pretty obvious that Club's going to be, or Gallows and Anderson are going to be number one contenders for the tag titles. Finn's the number one contender for the uh, universal title. Oh, God, that just sounds awful. And you get uh, used to it. I was expecting AJ Styles to be the number one contender for the WWE World Heavyweight title mm-hmm. so that it would be the, you know, quote-unquote club takeover yeah. at uh, or I'm supposing Balor Club takeover at SummerSlam, you know, where they would all win the titles in a very evolution-esque fashion, whatever. 
and uh, it would be cool, like all the heels went over and whatnot. Like that would be the first time that a big heel group went over in a long time. I think Nexus was the last, or Shield, Shield actually. Nah, the core, bro. <laughs> the core, yeah, new Nexus. Um, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't disappointing though. I will. I will no, say. No, I definitely that. enjoyed the show. SmackDown was fantastic. Raw was out of this world. Dolph Ziggler being named number one contender, Finn Balor being named number one contender. What are your expectations coming out of the rivalries of uh, Sir, uh, uh, Serge? Well, of Seth, Serge. yeah, Serge <laughs> of Seth uh, and Finn and uh, Ziggler and uh, Ambrose. Well, from Finn and Seth, I expect nothing but good. Mm-hmm. Where do you think it's going to go, direction-wise, storyline-wise? Um, I mean, they can use this to have Finn. Start up his club with Anderson and Gallows. Oh, like a Balor I feel like club. that's gonna happen. Oh, so you think that AJ's out and it's just Balor club now? Not necessarily that AJ's out. It's just that since AJ's on blue, they can't do much. So it's gonna be, hey, we got Finn now, and then eventually, you know, Finn and and club take over Raw and all that. And then by the time, possibly they're obviously gonna do another draft later on. Well, that's okay. Interesting proposition. And that helps for AJ if he ends up SmackDown or the other way around. And okay, AJ's like, what the fuck, guys? I'm going to interrupt you for just a second. Uh, remember your spot in your story. On a draft, uh, it's an interesting topic you brought up. Yes. Do you believe they're going to have another WWE draft? Or do you believe it's going to be the draft lottery like it was, where it was like, you know, uh,. Raw randomly gets a superstar that's generated by the, you know, spinning wheel or whatever. It's probably going to be like that, because it would make no sense to put everyone back on nothing and then re-pick them again. That wouldn't make sense. I I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you, but I also think that uh, they should have, like, a really... They, they really could use the draft as a money-making thing. Like, uh, for example, you know how the last few years before Brock, obviously... Taker didn't wrestle for titles. Taker solely was booking himself on the streak. That's it. That's all it was. It was the streak. And obviously, you know, there was a grudge match between him and Hunter because he retired Sean or whatever. And then, uh, you know, uh, him and Punk with the whole Paulie thing. Yeah. Or not Paulie, Paul Bearer thing. And um, there were storylines, but primarily it was still based around, you know, the undefeated streak. Uh, do you think it would be a good idea? One, do you think it's possible that they could use this to make money? And two, do you think it would be a good idea if the WWE, and I think it's a good idea, used something like a uh, series of matchups featuring like interbrand competition, almost like a pay per view, like Bragging Rights like was? Bragging Rights? <laughs> or I would see it more like a series of competitions throughout the weeks on Raw and SmackDown, where like Raw guys come on SmackDown, SmackDown guys come on Raw. Or they could do an interpromotional pay-per-view. I, mean, I don't really see that matters. happening. I see it happening at interpromotional pay-per-view. No, I yeah, don't see that no, happening no, no, on my, the regular show. No, no, not the regular show. I'm saying it's a special event for the draft. Okay. So, like, uh, for example... Oh, basically they, you fight for draft You fight pick. for draft yeah. picks, exactly. That, so definitely, like, that definitely makes sense. Right? I mean, I, I think that would be a good idea. I think that would definitely be... It's new, for sure, and it would definitely be something that's extremely interesting. Um, you know, having, like, I don't know... Uh, Seth represent Raw and Styles represent SmackDown. That would be a really good matchup. That would be pay-per-view quality. In fact, they should have an yeah. interpromotional pay-per-view just for that. Bragging rights or whatever they want to name it. You know, because uh, 
yeah, I mean, you know, bragging rights when it was introduced seemed cool because it was like, oh, interbranded competition, that's sweet. Uh, but there was no purpose to it. It was literally just for bragging rights and some trophy, I think. But like, yeah, it was a trophy. And SmackDown won like all three years that it was there. But like SmackDown was always still the B show. Yeah, <laughs> made no sense. Um, I definitely think they should do that, and they should uh, introduce like a, you know, for picks or something type of mm. deal. It would pl- place more importance on the draft lottery. Or the draft, or whatever they choose to, to go with. But yeah, I mean, continue. You were saying about uh, Styles and I mean, uh, sorry, Balor and Club. Oh yeah. Uh, well, basically, they would work for to have the Balor Club finally happen. Mm-hmm. And then later on, when a draft would probably happen again, however it happens, right. have AJ come in to the opposite show or the other way around, whichever they would decide to do it. More than likely, AJ would go to Raw. Yeah, it's easier to draft one guy than three. And then have it be either AJ joins, All and then later on it implodes, or just right off the bat. So you were, you were basically seeing it as AJ versus Balor. Yeah. Nice. For I, control I, of the I club. Agree. I agree. Uh, I would love to see how they go about that. Um, it's, in, it's definitely interesting. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how they... What are, you, what are your thoughts on uh, Ambrose and Ziggler? And Ziggler? I see this as Ziggler's chance to solidify himself as a main eventer. Right. On SmackDown as one of the show closers? Yeah. Okay. Because if he can pull this off and everyone can get behind him... Well, see, I, I'll refute that with this. People have been behind Ziggler for a long time. Ziggler's a hard worker... Uh, but lately, no one really has. That's the thing. And I, myself, even find myself sometimes like not really behind Ziggler because yeah. his act has basically become mundane. He comes out and does the same, you know, three, four moves. It's it's almost like routine for him because he was so yeah. used to losing. Which I'm sure, I'm, I'm hoping this gives him that fresh of breath air. And it's like, fr- wow, fresh of breath air. <laughs> Good English. English. For any of you that listen to Talk is Jericho uh, and listen to the one with Bullet Club on, or a club on it, you'll you'll get the uh, the little ha-ha in there. But that was honestly a uh, Freudian slip. A breath of fresh air mm-hmm. for him. And it's, uh, you know, re-motivates him. And I feel like he could... Ziggler and Ambrose could both get behind a rivalry with each other. Because those are two of the workhorses of the company. There's two of the hardest working guys there. Like, you know, there's Rollins, there's the Styles, you know, Anderson Gallows. All these guys that are extremely hard. Berto, every, everyone that's an extremely hard worker in the company. Um, but I feel like they have the potential to put on, you know, show-stealing performances. Here's the question. Do one of them turn heel before SummerSlam, at SummerSlam, after SummerSlam? I don't know. Ambrose is good being Ambrose. Like, I don't see Ambrose as a face or a heel. I just see him being Ambrose. Well, yeah, Ambrose is drawing... Well, he's a baby face, right? I mean, I know he is, but I mean, he's just Ambrose. Ambrose is drawing money. That's the thing, as a baby face. So I don't see them turning him. Ziggler, Ziggler, I don't know. I loved Ziggler as a heel. I really did. The whole... The whole show off, I am perfection, all the different things that he went through, the thing with AJ and uh, Big E and everything. Like, mm. I loved him as a heel. I thought he was awesome. He really did remind me of Shawn Michaels. 
Um, and I, I marked out anytime he said, show off. Like, it was cool. It really was cool. And then they turned him baby, and his career just went you know, spiraling downfall. Because <laughs> I see yeah. it more being like like how Roman and Dean was, where it was just throw so both faces and... They just wanted the title. One of them tried to be more edgier, I guess. Roman cough. <laughs> um, and then it all just culminates at SummerSlam. Whether they decide to give the title to, to Dolph or keep it with uh, Dean. I would be excited if Dean turned. I mean, uh, Dolph turned. Dolph turned? Yeah. Dolph turned, I would be way more invested in this rivalry. I feel Dolph is natural as a heel. I think he's really good at drawing cheap heat. Unless he wins, gets cocky, and like that's when he turns heel. I could see it. I could see it. Uh, but, you know, almost like a Danielson heel turn. Or, uh, you remember back when he tur- Daniel Bryan turned at TLC on, I think, Big Show or somewhere, where he was like, no, I'm not going to cash in. And then he came out. Oh, and he cashed and in. And he cashed in on Big Show, and he turned. And, yeah. and uh, he had this real condescending attitude, led to yes move and everything. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens leading up to the week going into, weeks going into SummerSlam and, uh, mm-hmm. You know, SummerSlam weekend, and, uh, you know, NXT has been doing fantastic. Uh, we'll as talk always. about NXT in a, uh, as always, of course, yeah. And Papa Hunter's been doing amazing. <laughs> Papa Hunter. Papa Hunter's been doing amazing. Uh, what are, uh, what are your, what, what are your thoughts on the, the brand split? Taking into account prior brand split, what do you have to say about this brand split? Taking into account the last one. I feel like with this brand split, they would have to do exactly as they're saying that they're going to do with it in terms of having it be about the superstars, not about the authority behind the superstars, which I feel like that was mostly a good portion of the old brand split, basically clashes with uh, all the GMs and all that being a focal well, part of like storylines and stuff towards the later latter end of it i guess but if you think about when the brand split first happened like paulie was writing for smackdown and it was out of this world they had you know you had the smackdown six edge and you know eddie and everybody um seen every you know you had the smackdown six and smackdown was writing great storylines like revolutionary almost borderline edgy storylines like you know Taker with Sarah and the kid and then Brock like goes and he almost throws her through a wall or something and then Brock breaks his hand and they had Los Guerreros and then they had uh, you know Benoit and Angle as tag team Big Show was a great heel I think that was Big Show's last in my opinion good run like 03 when he was like the heel show he was feuding with like not Jericho uh, Jericho, actually, you're right. Jericho was fantastic. Yeah, I, I take that back. Um, but, you know, like, when he was feuding with, like, Mysterio and everybody, and they were, like, uh, Lesnar and um, Raw, too. I mean, Raw was great. You know, Raw had its fair share of rivalries that stood out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raw had, you know, Matt Hardy and Edge in 05. It had uh, your boy Big Papa Pump and Hunter doing the pose down, which was just high. Um <laughs> Cena came on the Raw, whatever. Uh, in my opinion, prior brand split 
was good. It was good, especially at the start. But it started to go downhill when, realistically, uh, probably 2008, nine, maybe, when, uh, you know, they were basically just drafting random guys to be the face of SmackDown, because... Mm-hmm. Uh, Batista was the young upcoming guy on Raw. Young? With Randy. Well, <laughs> young? Fucking like, like 43-year-old. Uh, the the up-and-comer on Raw with Randy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cena was the up-and-comer on SmackDown with Edge. Yeah. Cena and Edge get drafted to Raw. Uh, Randy and Batista get drafted to SmackDown. And then Cena and Edge stayed on Raw. And people were just bouncing around on SmackDown. You know, you had Hunter... And then Batista stayed for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, Jeff Hardy went, Jericho, um, I think Batista went again after he announced it, after he like came back with his broken arm or something, and then mm-hmm. Edge went, and they were trying to build all these guys of being the face of SmackDown, but SmackDown never really had a face, because there were so many guys that were just being split in and out of it. Uh, Taker you could argue was the face of SmackDown because Taker never left SmackDown but Taker wasn't prominent you know like he wasn't like the guy on SmackDown it was Cena I guess you could say it was Bradshaw really and then you know Cena and then it was Batista for a while yeah and then uh, you know Jeff for a little while uh, Hunter maybe and then Edge but you see what I mean it was just jumping from person to person to person to person and then after a while SmackDown you couldn't really invest into because Raw had all the superstars, and SmackDown was basically becoming ECW 2.0, where they were just bringing new guys in and pushing them to the Mukali and Kozlov and, you know, all these guys that were just getting pushed to the sky and back. That's exactly what Like, it seems like whenever someone establishes themselves on SmackDown, they, they get moved to Raw. Moved to Raw, exactly. So they were just using SmackDown as a stepping stone to it get a, a big guy on Raw. Show. Exactly. And that is something, going into do's and don'ts from prior brand split, is... Don't do that. Don't use SmackDown to build up a guy and then send him to Raw. And if you do uh, use SmackDown to build up a guy to eventually send to Raw, make sure you have someone on SmackDown to take his place and you're not just sending, like, a big show from Raw over to, you know, oh, yeah, he'll work the young guys, it's fine. Like, no. You know, like, for example, perfect example, Hunter. Hunter is doing a phenomenal job with that. NXT, it's still the developmental territory. No matter what people say, it's the developmental program for WWE. It's phenomenal. It's produced some of the best superstars that the modern era has seen. And uh, if you think about it, Hunter has continuously provided just an ongoing just plethora of, of superstars that, that he just continues to replace the guys that get called up with amazing new talent because he knows how to book them he knows how to push them and these are motivated people and and he can see the you know whatever it is i don't know his thought process i don't want to put words in his mouth i think he does a fantastic job think about it wow think about it when uh (laughs) when uh nxt had its first uh what was a pay-per-view or like network special was nxt arrival right Mm -hmm. arrival and they had the women's matches, Paige and Emma. They were the two top gals in NXT. They had, uh, wasn't it Seth and uh, Jinder? Yep, Seth and Jinder for the title. And, uh, you know, they were the two top guys. 
And then uh, after Seth left, after Paige left, after Emma left, you know, it wasn't this void that they had to fill. Why? Because they had Sasha step up. They had Charlotte step up. They had Bailey. Uh, they had uh, Becky for the women's division. And then for the guys, they had Adrian Neville. They had Corey Graves. They had Sami Zayn. And then eventually Kevin Owens came in. And these, these were classic matches these guys and girls were putting on. So it wasn't like, wow, this was so much better when Paige and Emma were here. Or damn, this was so much better when Rollins was here. No, it was like, holy shit, did you see Neville, bro? Did you see him? Or like, dude, Sasha's on fire, like whatever. And then Sasha, Charlotte, uh, or let's go in chronological order. Ne uh, uh, Sammy Z uh, uh, Neville gets called up. Sammy wins the title. Okay, Sammy is supposed to get his call up, KO wins the title. KO gets the call up, Finn wins the title. Divas wise. Uh, Charlotte is getting primed for her call up, Sasha wins the title. Sasha getting primed for her call up, and uh, Bailey wins the title. And then Sasha, Bailey, and Becky get called up. No, Bailey didn't get called up. Oh, sorry, uh, Sasha, Charlotte, and uh, Becky get called up. And, uh, you know, after that, they. they pushed Carmella, they pushed Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss got some more TV time, and even in the tag team division, you know, like after the Ascension got called up and got completely ruined, might I add, uh, after Breeze got called up, um, you know, they had Ty 10 to take his place, they, after Ascension gets called up, they have, uh, you know, uh, who's the next big tag team for American Alpha. No, they had Enzo and Cass to, uh, no. They had Enzo and oh, yeah, Cass yeah. to, to uh, you know, and then along with Enzo and Cass and Vaude Villains, they had uh, American Alpha, the, what are they called? The No, no Flips, Just Fists guys? The Revival. The Revival. Um, you know, Hideo Shinsuke is there primed to take Finn's spot. Samoa Joe. Yep. Uh, you know, all these different guys in NXT that should be used really that that uh, system and platform should be used as, as an example for Smackdown where it's like hey uh, you know fine if you're gonna call up a uh, whoever I don't know say Apollo becomes a superstar Smackdown. if you want to call him out to Raw fine make sure that there's an NXT call up to take Apollo's place like have like a you know whoever Ty Dillinger called up or have like Nakamura or have like whoever Hideo like just someone ready you know that that's a big do and don't don't bury Smackdown and just make it the place to prime talent to send to Raw to get fed to Cena and Roman <laughs> and do make Smackdown its own individual brand that has its own individual storylines and its own individual talent that is showcased like it did back in the day with the Smackdown 6 and with Smackdown's you know, Divas Division or whatever, and um, make it different. Make it different from Raw, which I think they are doing. I think it's it's going great so far. You know, the shows are focusing in separate directions, and I, I really like that. Um, I'm curious to see if SmackDown introduces its own tag titles or not, but I'm sure that'll be brought up when uh, Alpha makes its debut next week. And uh, Do you think they're going to do a women's title? I think they should do a women's title, yes. Uh, I think that Becky Lynch is deserving. Uh, I think Eva Marie is very deserving of uh, women's title. She's worked very hard 
throughout her whole career. And <laughs> I think that, um, yeah, yeah, there you go, Eva Marie, all red. Get out of my house. All red for, all, for blue. Get out of my house. <sighs> I think Becky uh, is deserving to carry the division on SmackDown. Uh, I love that they introduced new faces, Carmella and Bliss, and, uh, you know. Naya. Naya on Raw, exactly. Kamina yeah. um, didn't get drafted, but that's fine. She's the uh, second hottest free agent. Um, no. Heath, then Rhino, and... Uh, Heath know. is the hottest. Heath is the hottest. Draft pick. Heath didn't get drafted. Well, he's the hottest free agent. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Sign Heath. Hashtag sign Heath. Get a trend in people. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, very, very interesting play out uh, based on all the hype uh, that the WWE draft had. There were huge shockers, of course, you know, and then not shockers, obviously. You know, Seth getting drafted number one. We all predicted it. Uh, Finn going number three. Shocking. Uh unexpected for me. I didn't think he was going that early, for sure. Uh, Sasha ending up on Raw was a shocker for me. Uh, KO and Sammy ending up on the same brand was a shocker for me. Anything yeah, I, really, thought gonna, I thought Sam was going to go to SmackDown. Anything else that really stood out to you in the draft? Uh, Cena getting drafted so late kind of threw me off, too. Brock getting drafted so early kind of threw me off as well. Brock early? Yeah. Brock was, what, 7th for Raw or something? Or 7th on Raw? No, he was, like, within the top 5. Yeah. Overall, I mean, right? I expected Brock to be, well, like before the whole, you know, UFC scandal thing, I thought he was going to be like number one or number two. That's what they said originally. I think Brock was scheduled to be the number one pick, and then Vince changed it. I mean, that makes sense. They want to pick, you know, Brock the, as number one after all that. The roid guy. <laughs> it's uh, just funny considering they're not gonna. Punish him. Punish him for after that. After Roman got fed. I mean, which makes sense because of their wellness policy. I guess technically he didn't violate WWE. No, that's not even why. Because they said that they don't test part-time guys. Brock's a part-time guy. Which doesn't so make even, sense. Because uh, I mean, it makes sense because if you have a guy like The Rock who does movies off the wazoo and then comes back for a quick match and for whatever reason he's on Adderall. On or yeah. And Roman. they test them, Roman. And they test them like a week before WrestleMania because he has a big match or whatever. And then they have—they're gonna suspend them. They're gonna keep him off WrestleMania. Fair enough. I, I can see your point. But then again, you gotta understand, Rocky is not the same part-time that Brock is. Rock working one match a year is not the same as Brock having a committed schedule to work a certain X amount of matches a year, because this is still Brock's full-time job. Rocky literally does this, you know, when he has the time. Jericho does this when he has the time. Austin makes appearances when he has the time. This is still Brock's full-time gig. Brock still gets paid to be a WWE superstar, to be a competitor in the WWE. Granted, he takes most of the months throughout the year off, but that's just a part of his deal. He needs to make appearances. This is his job. This is all he does, basically. And the thing is, he doesn't have to do it. Yeah, I know, but this he signed the contract, and this is all he does. It's not like he does anything else. This is it. He goes hunting or whatever, but he doesn't, I don't even think he has a show anymore. So this is all he does. So, in my opinion, he can't. you can't really compare him to Rock, because Rock is busy 24 hours a day. 
And it's cool whenever Rocky takes the time out and has the time, or Jericho has the time to do a WWE run. It's awesome. But them doing other things and being on like Adderall or Roids or whatever, that's okay. But Brock does this throughout the year. This is it. When he's not doing this, he's at home, right? So Brock should face the repercussions, in my opinion, that a full-time superstar faces. That a Roman Reigns faces. And I'm not advocating for Roman by any means. I don't like him whatsoever. Um, I think he's smug. I think he's overrated. But yeah, he's an edgelord for sure. Uh, but no, I, I don't see any reason why. Yeah, Brock is a bigger draw, of course. But like, I don't see any reason why Brock shouldn't be fined. I'm not saying take him off SummerSlam, which, you know, whatever if you do. The match is BS, Viper versus Beast. There's no build for it. Um, I'm very disappointed after, you know, seeing Brock and Undertaker last year to go live this year and see Brock and Randy. That was a great match. Yeah, it was. But, uh, and, no, but, yeah, to go live and to see Brock and Randy. You know, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, but we're also going to see Finn and Seth, and we're also going to see Ziggler and Ambrose. Um, so, yeah, very exciting things going forward uh, for the uh, for the uh, brand split and extension. And, yeah, you know, lots of things to... I hope, hopefully, lots of good things to expect. Uh, any closing thoughts? Uh... Don't work yourself into a shoot, brother. <laughs> Don't work yourself into a shoot. Come here, you. Hey, honky. This is quite the spread, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's coming out of your check, you fucking mark. All right. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to Y'all. the... Uh, what is it called? Speaking Mark. Thank you for so, tuning uh, in to... Did you forget her that easily? Forget her? Forget yeah, her? I did forget her. Thank you for tuning in to Speaking Mark with your host with the most, Pot Roast. Get her. I and my co-host. I'm Chili Con Carne. Chili Con Carne. We will see you again next week where we talk about more wrestling news type stuff. Uh, have a good night. And or if it's yeah, day when they're listening to it. Have a good day then. Or if it's afternoon. Have a good whatever the fuck it is that you're doing. <laughs> and you know, Kayfabe be with you. Goodbye.